Next question. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Trade to Live, presented by My Stock Life, the podcast and the passion project of us here at the My Stock Life team. I am one of your hosts, Tristan Big Bob Brady, and we got my man, Mr. LB. Ooh, I like how your voice changed, bro. Yeah, it's a podcast. the disclaimer and shit. <laughs> it's the podcast. I like bro. that, I like that. But um, this is going to be a little bit less focused on everything that's happening in the markets. We're still going to be talking about a lot of topics, but it's going to be kind of talking about our personal journeys, us as a family, how we all got to here, and you know, letting you know a little bit more about the intimate side of the, the background of my stock life and everything that we do out here, living in Mexico and you know, just kind of living life to the fullest, so. Just vibing. Just vibing, you know? Just vibing. So, we'll give a little bit of a background. I want to let my man LB start. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into the trading space, how you got associated with the boys here, and give us stories, just chop it up with us. Yeah, um, I mean, so I'm from a tiny ass little town in Manitoba called Thompson, Manitoba. It was like minus 50 for like seven, eight months out of the year. No way. Yeah, after that I went to dental school in India. After I finished dental school, I moved to Toronto. I got my real estate license. So I have my dental license, my real estate license, everything. And it just, that was more for like my parents, you know what I mean? Like I wanted to make them happy. But after that I was like, yo, I just want financial freedom. So I, tried, I started trading stocks about six or six and a half years ago. I was mainly only doing equity. Very safe, very risk averse, you know, like I wouldn't enter a trade unless I had like really good odds on it. And then uh, I met these guys, uh, Ricky and T, like I think six, like a year ago probably. And they're the ones that actually got me into options trading. Right. Yeah. So I started options trading, um, I think last, March or April or something, but I just applied the same stuff that I did with equities into options kind of thing. And uh, I had a really good run in the markets. I started, I think, in August with $115,000. I turned that into $815,000 by the end of January, so I 8x that account. I took out 400k, I paid myself, I paid off everything, paid off dental school, every single thing. And uh, yeah. After that, the market got a little bit rough. We're still chilling out here, though. I already locked in four times what I started with, so I don't really care. <laughs> I love it, I love it. What about you, brother? You got good at trading, bro. Yeah, man. Quick, like that. I care. Um, a lot of my friends will come up to me and ask me, like, yo, can you just be in a trade? I'm like, how much time are you willing to put into it? Because <laughs> it's an everyday matter, man. Um, I got introduced to the trading game just recently, actually, less than four months ago, maybe four five months ago, something like that. Um, my background, I was born and raised in a small town called Hemet, California, um, nice. right next to Palm Springs. Was a skateboarder and did sports out there. Kind of was like a nefarious kid. I was in like student government, but I was also like smoking a bunch of weed and skateboarding <laughs> around town. <laughs> so I was like a dual-edged sword, and my mom was a substitute teacher, so the whole city knew, because she was going from school to school to school. And she, they would talk to her, and then I'd get in trouble, so. Um, from an early age, I knew like I didn't want to work for like a school system or be on call at a hospital like my dad was. Um, so when I got to college, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make, you know, I'm gonna start doing something for myself. And <laughs> fair disclaimer, I got in. I started selling weed and just <laughs> they would let my entrepreneurial side. Sure, you want that online? Bro? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I already, I already got caught for it. We're gonna, it's gonna come out later in the, in the podcast. But it just that entrepreneurial side of me took over, and, and I wanted to, to you know make my own money and not be anybody's uh, responsibility or employee. I just never vibed with that. 
Um, got out of college, stopped selling weed, and then started selling solar panels door to door. So it was kind of a similar hustle, um, working my own hours, making my own time, working when I want. And I took a really big, uh, long approach to working seven days a week. And then after that, I realized, you know, this isn't, I'm, I'm, there's a shelf life on knocking doors. You can only do it for so long. And decided to come out to Mexico, ran into T at a taco stand, and, you know, there's his history from there, man. Um, he said, you know, you come move out here and live with me. And I was like, all right, I, you know, I'm, why not? Why not? We're going to get into some crazy stories um, over the course of the podcast. Like I lived in San Diego with adult film stars. and I lived, was working in a mastermind. And like, it, it's crazy. No wonder you're such a whore, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, My right. mattress and guap, you got more game than anyone I ever met, bro. Myself, so nah, man, you you got some amazing game, amazing game, real recognized, real player yeah, talk. Go, but but um, so you went to school in India for how long? How long were you in India doing dental school? For? I was in India for five years doing dental school. Yeah, so I just had to completely just adapt to my environment, which is one thing that I always preach: adapt or die. Mm-hmm. Wherever you go, you gotta adapt to that environment, or else you're not gonna survive there. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Living in India, what, what did that do for your mental? How did it shape the course of your life, your actions, your decision making? What, what did living in that kind of environment do for you? What kind of environment was it? Was it the people? Because people have a certain idea of India inside of their mind. Yeah, right? it was. It was different. I'm not gonna lie. It was. I feel like I matured a lot in India. It, like taught me one thing that I could survive anywhere in the world. Like I don't really need anything. Mm-hmm. I can survive just by myself doing anything. There was nights where it was like the fuck electricity would go out and it'd be like plus 50 degrees outside. I'd be dying, sweating, getting eaten by mosquitoes. And I, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just makes you tougher, man. You gotta, you gotta take it well and uh, just adapt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Damn, so how have you adapted to the markets? Like, <laughs> from going from you know, dental, dentistry and doing real estate, like, you know, sales when I was in solar panels is kind of very similar to, to your hustle. Um, What's what stoked that change and made you made you want to attack this? I just never want to be stuck in one place. I don't want to work mm-hmm. nine to five. I just want to be financially free to the point where I can just travel the world for fun. Like even now, I drew, I flew from Toronto to Mexico, and tomorrow I'm going to Panama for the weekend. Just <laughs> I feel like it, you know what I mean? Like could a dentist do that? Could a real estate agent do that? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a real good question. I can go to Panama and trade. Like it doesn't matter. I'll make money on the laptop, pay for the whole trip. You know why I care? I'll just travel the world. Man, um, I love that. That's called a laptop lifestyle. I heard somebody coined it. It's, mm-hmm. it's very, very beautiful. Something that you could just pick up and go. That's that's what attracted it to me. And the uh, reason I got out of sales was like I, I fell in love with the idea of making money without having to talk to anybody. Like I, that, that, I, <laughs> I don't have to communicate with anybody. I don't have to talk yeah, to anybody. Yeah. Like, I would I have never guessed you didn't want to talk to someone. Bro, it's crazy, right? And I love talking to people. I absolutely love talking to people. But like, when it becomes transactional and something that I have to do to make money, it, it's I'd much rather just be like antisocial in that regard. Um, it's so, like you don't have to do it. You want to do it. Exactly, exactly. I get so, what you mean. Yeah, I remember when I first jumped into an MLM, it was, you, you ever heard of Verve or Vima, the energy drinks? Don't think so. Oh man, the back in college, those things were just, like huge. There was kids driving around beat with beamers with the Beamer logo on the side. It was like, multi-level marketing, like, like not a pyramid scheme, but a pyramid scheme. So yeah, many times, like, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I got into that, and they're like, "You're gonna be such a killer," because I just talked to everybody. Like this, this has been a long time coming. I've been talking to everybody, and um, they're like, "You're gonna kill it." And then I was like, 
all right, what do I do? They're like, okay, go make friends with those people over there and then invite them to a meeting and then try and sell them on, on getting into this match or like this, this uh, multi-level marketing. I'm like, how about I just go meet them? Like, <laughs> I have to do all that extra stuff. I mean, why don't I take it that extra level? Um, but yeah, man, selling solar panels door to door, it gets old really quick, making a sale and then the sale doesn't go through for X, Y, or Z reason, the companies, the customers, there's only so many factors and variables that when I saw stock trading as an option, um, it was like, the risk is more inside of my hands than inside of somebody else's or an outside source. Like if exactly. I don't read the Greeks right, if I don't look at the equities right, that's on me, it's not on somebody else. Exactly, it's your money, whatever you lose, whatever. The harder you work, the more money you make, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's up to you at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. that, that reminds me of a really great motivational quote. Um, there's no traffic on the extra mile and I'm seeing that time and time and time again. It's, it's, there's so many like C plus, like regular average that when you strive for A, it's once you break through like a, a slight ceiling or barrier, you break through and then it's just wide open. There's so much opportunity and so much growth to be had outside of a comfort zone that many are stuck inside. Um, but speaking of motivation, you, you're, you're a motivated person yourself. You gotta be, you wanna hit the workouts and then do well in trading and then also have a social life. Um, who do you get your information from when it's more on a motivational front or what do you listen to, what keeps you up? I've read a ton of books in my life. I probably read like, I think like 50 books last year or something. Like I just feel like people are sleeping on books. Like you don't have to like read a book and then apply every single thing. It's like a cheat code bro. Like you just advance aid, like you read people's life stories 10 years before they actually lived it. So you know what I mean? You can tell like, you can pick up some stuff in books and it's, I think books are just a big cheat code. I listen to podcasts, this kind of stuff. I don't watch any type of TV at all. I don't watch this negative news stuff. The only news stuff I watch is relating stocks. And you just like, I just like helping people. Like I, I don't care, I want people to make money. I help so many people for free. You know what I mean? Last six months in the group, I just gave out all my trades. Everyone made lots of money with me. I didn't ask for nothing, I didn't need nothing. And yeah, I feel like the universe just finds its way back to you. If you give someone a penny, 10 bucks is gonna come back to you. That's it, and that's all it is. You give to charity, you help people, you help people learn. When you teach someone something, that's like the greatest feeling in the world. I love that too, yeah man. Um, I think inherently inside of all human beings is like when you learn something, there's a draw to teach it. And that's that's a sign of somebody that cares, somebody that wants to grow. Like um, Inside martial arts, I'm huge into martial arts. Yeah. The, the goal of the teacher should always for the student to be better than him in the long term. Like. That's, that's a great coach right there, and I see that with you so much when you're giving all those free plays, and um, you even sometimes go to the point of overtrading just to provide value to the members of the group and, and go ahead and do those lessons as well. It shows a, a, lot, a lot of um, care and strength in the value of leadership, which is something that's super uh, like appealing and, and something that is necessary in the world. I feel like leadership is something that's fallen off in a lot of the young men and next generation that's coming up. Um, what do you account for your great responsibility in leadership? Who, who inspired you? What, what role models have you set forth uh, in that? Honestly, there's, there's a thing that I read in dental school. It was like, if you want to learn something, you either read it five times, you say it three times, or you teach it once. Mm -hmm. So when I teach someone something, I'll never forget it. So it's benefiting me as well. And obviously, like you said, I was over trading, whatever. When you're trading by yourself, it's your own money. There's no nothing against like I could make a mistake and no one would know, right? Mm -hmm. 
But when I'm calling out my plays live and other people are in my trades, I have to be accountable for that trade. You know what I mean? If it goes against me, it goes against me. I have to say it was the wrong trade and I'm out, whatever. But uh, it's a completely different experience. Obviously, I'm still growing too. I have made some mistakes over trading, like you said. It's like, I want to keep providing value. I want to keep giving them plays. I want people to keep making money. So I'm still growing, I'm still learning, but I think I'm doing pretty well so far. Yeah, I think I would say so too, man. Definitely, you definitely provide a ton of value to the members of the Discord. And it's something that's super appreciated by a lot, a lot, a lot of people. And you know, you reap the benefits of it. You, you, you built a very nice position for yourself here in My Stock Life, and that just goes to show the fruits of your labor, of you know, hard work and dedication and, and patience. Um, so for, there might be some beginning traders out there. What are some core values that you hold to your trade game that have helped you be successful? Beginning trading, like everyone always thinks about how much they can make. Like I have $1,000 in my trading account, how quickly can I get it to $10,000? You should be thinking about how much you can lose. So if you lose that thousand dollars, are you going to be okay financially? Is everything? Is there still going to be food on your table? Is there still going to be electricity in your house? You know, it's still going to have shelter. That's what you should be worried about because trading is not easy. It's not easy. You, the more you work, the more you will earn. But if you don't learn before you earn, you're going to lose everything. Because if I lose fifty grand in a day, it doesn't make a difference. Me, I will go out, I'll do the exact same thing after market, I'll do the exact same dinner, exact same everything. But if you lost 50 grand, it might be the end of your life, you know what I mean? You won't be able to put food on the table for your family. So it's, it's very specific to different individuals, but at the same time, always think about how much you can lose. It's all, all, all of trading is about risk management, always. I promise you, anyone that promises you guaranteed returns, they're lying to you. Just walk the other way. <laughs> so it, it's kind of interesting to hear your perspective on it. You're an actual, not a guru, but somebody who provides a lot of value for people. You probably see a bunch of, you know, Goombas claiming that <laughs> they can provide value to people and then taking their money and kind of providing not a great trade of value. So now that you're kind of in that teacher role, what do you see in the marketplace nowadays and kind of like the teaching front? So what I see is like, um, the really good traders, they don't really need to like prove themselves. People will always be drawn to them. I mean, the, there's so many free groups out there right now, I'm not going to name names, but what they do is they just front load a stock and then they announce it to their group that they're buying the stock and then everyone buys it, then they sell out of their position. It's called front running basically. I think Tim Sykes and them just got busted, a raging bull or something. That's literally what they do. They find a stock with not a lot of volume. They buy a ton and then they announce it to their members because they have like 500,000 members, 100,000 members. They all buy and then their stock goes up. They sell and everyone else is left holding the bag. Mm. So there's, just be careful who you follow. Make sure they know what they're doing. At My Stock Life, we don't only teach you to follow alerts. Like we teach right. you the charts. We teach you how we're thinking. We teach you stop losses, risk management, everything you can think of in trading, we teach that there. Mm. So that's what we're all about. I like that, I like that a lot. Um, I kind of feel blessed that I didn't have to go through a lot of the mud that a lot of the <laughs> you guys and the other members of my stock life and just other members of the trading community have to go through. It's kind of like a, like you said, a cheat code or a hack. I feel like I joined the right clan and just boosted Skipped my- Skipped a lot of chapters. In your oh my goodness, Skipped man. a lot of chapters. But that just goes to show, um, you know, like, like people attract like people and it pays to know how to buy information. You need to be connected with the people. It's not who you know is more so um, 
how much, how can you learn from that person that you do know? Because if you know them, but you're not gaining anything from them, then it's self-explanatory at that point. Um, but a little on a little bit of a lighter note, you had a pretty good week this week with the trades. What were some some uh, major calls that you that you chose out? One company that I absolutely love and I will always love is SC C mm -hmm. Limited. I think uh, it was just dumping like. The market was just hitting growth. It was hitting every single growth name from the last eight months. It was just hitting it. Like it was just going straight down. There's no reason for it. There's no nothing. It was just money rotating. And uh, SE, when I seen it around 200, I think it dropped to like 190-ish. Dropped to 200, I loaded the boat in my retirement account. I added to my uh, already existing position. I think I bought it at 60 bucks first. I added at 120, and then I added the, for the third time at 200 that day. Kept going down to 190, I was not worried at all. Like I've had stocks in my account where they go down 10 bucks, 15 bucks, and I'm like, oh, did I like, did I look at the fundamentals wrong? Did I see something wrong in the company? Is there like something I should be worried about? But SE, when it dropped 10 bucks, I was almost gonna buy more, but <laughs> I already have so much in my retirement account in SE, so. And then uh, after Wednesday, I think Wednesday was the day we seen a clear reversal. Like everything flipped. The Dow Jones stocks went down and the growth stocks started going up. I seen SE, Fiverr, they were all running. And then all we needed was big tech to join the party. And that's what happened today. Spy over 400. <laughs> so for those that don't know, what does Spy over 400 mean on kind of like a global scale? What does that mean for a regular trader, what does it mean for uh, institutions? Give, so me, give us the breakdown. Now we're gonna get back into a little bit more trading, I guess. So SPY is an index, uh, ETF that covers the S&P 500. The Standard & Poor's 500 uh, actually holds the 500 best companies in the world. And uh, it's very highly weighted in tech and financials. So when you're watching SPY, it's very important to keep an eye on tech and financials. And for the last few weeks, financials have been ripping and tech has been dropping. And just this week was when uh, everything started rotating back into tech, which is the biggest holdings in all the ETFs in the world. Mm -hmm. Everyone's holding Apple, everyone's holding Amazon, everyone's holding Facebook. And so once those guys started getting going, uh, Spy just started ripping. Mm -hmm. Tasty, tasty. So I know you and T play, um, you know, option scalping a bit in that. What is what is the key? What is the key to being good in that? What kind of uh, time patterns do you look at? Charts do you look at? What? What's your game plan when you're going and you know you're gonna be trading spy for the day? So my thing is like, I'm not really a scalper. I'm not a day trader. I'm more of a swing position holder. Like I do have a long-term account where I just load equities all the time. And uh, I have a really long like strategy that I won't go over in this podcast, but probably in the future. Um, spy scalping. So as far as scalping goes, when the market gets rough, and swing trades are not working, I go straight into scalping. I go like five minute trades, 10 minute trades, 20 minute trades, whatever. I uh, watch a lot of stuff on that too. I watch the Castics, I watch the RSI, I watch the patterns, watch the news. So one thing we do do out here at MySoft, I forget the news first. We pay for a bunch of new subscriptions. Like I can't even tell you how many new subscriptions are on the screen at all times. We get that news, we buy the position, and then they announce it on CNBC like two minutes later. And then everyone buys it. So we are always in the positions, usually before, either first or second uh, tier into the positions. And we also watch flow, so we know what the millionaires and billionaires are buying. They always know before us. So there's a lot of different strategies I use, but when the market gets rough, I do stick to day trading. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So for those that don't know, what is flow? Why would you want to follow the big boys? Is it a reliable source of information? Give, give us the breakdown. 
So a lot of people uh, say they follow flow, but they do not know what the hell they're talking about. Basically what flow is, is the big orders, the big money in the market. And when you follow the big money in the market, they usually get, like I said, we get the news first. We get the news second, actually. The big money gets those secrets first. They know people that know people and they just, as much as the SEC tries, no one's gonna be able to stop this. There's insider trading, there's this, there's that, right? So we see all the big orders coming in and there's a certain way to look at the big orders. Which I'm not going to get into, obviously, mm-hmm. again, it's the first podcast, it's supposed to be an introduction. We all <laughs> went straight into diving <laughs> trading. But yeah, it's just the big orders, like the 100k orders, the 200k orders, the million dollar orders, the 10 million dollar orders, and like, you just have to know like which ones mean something and which ones don't. Because mm-hmm. some of them are just hedges, like if someone has 100 million dollars long in SPY, and they take a 10 million bet short in SPY, it's just a hedge. If you follow the hedge, they are expecting zero, so mm-hmm. you might get screwed on that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just have to know what to follow and what not to follow, and that just takes experience. Mm. So I've heard you guys say time and time again, it's not your timing of the market, it's your time in the market. How true does that reign to be? If you look at a daily chart on SPY, you'll see it'll go like up, straight, down, up, down, whatever. But if you zoom out, you look at a monthly chart, you look at a weekly chart, the chart is always like this. It's always like this. At the end of the day, the market always goes up. Mm. So instead of trying to time the top and the bottom, you just want to catch that easy move in between. Let's say a stock goes to $100 and then it goes to $200. You don't need to catch it at $100. You can catch it at 110, you can catch it at 120, you can sell it at 170, 180, miss a little bit of the move, it's much safer. Mm-hmm. And that's what you always want to do. You want to catch the meat of the move. You never want to pick the bottom, you never want to pick the top because that's almost impossible. Ooh, dropping some knowledge on them, on them at, the, at the crib. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, with that, I think we can round it about out. Uh, this is a great introductory, a uh, little, little touchdown on who we are and where we come from and a little bit of nuggets. So we're going to be coming out with these weekly. Tell us what you guys want to hear in the podcast and uh, we're going to go from there. This is a learning experience for us, but it's a fun one at that. Anyway. And yeah, like uh, as you as as the podcast grows, as you guys see us uh, tape more and more of these, uh, I won't be going into picks. I will be going into fundamentals, te- technical. I'll be teaching everything that I know for free, obviously, just for my stock You know, mm-hmm. just watch where we go and uh, stay tuned. Sounds good. Well, so without further ado, always a pleasure. Thank you, brother. My God. Love it. We're not here to take part, baby. We're here to take over. Can't stop, won't stop.